1: What's up, guys? This is the Talking the Draft podcast. I'm your host Connor Livesey, uh, joined by my co-host tonight, Mark Schofield. Man, I feel like we haven't talked to, with you in a while. You, you've been you've been busy, man. You've been out of state. You've been doing some, doing some fun stuff with the kids. We last time we were on together, we had Nicko Dino, and so me and you really didn't get to talk to each other much, man. But uh, how you been? I, I've been.
2: Good, Connor. Yeah, it was a fun little trip at spring break here. Um, so we went up to New York City for a couple of days. Interestingly enough, this was the trip we had planned in March of 2020, um, uh, right before everything shut down with COVID. So we were like, hey, you know what? It, it, it's time to finally do that. So we were up there from like, you know, Friday until we, we got back late uh, Tuesday night. So we've been kind of running around, but it's good to be back. Um, hey, and if that was the last time we talked <laughs> to Kobe Dean, that was a heck of a way to go out, man, because yeah. that was a fun little conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had the, the – ep- I recorded with Isaiah Thomas uh, while you were on vacation. Um, that was our episode on Wednesday, so this is coming out uh, on Saturday. Um, and, man, I wanted to mix it up a little bit. We've talked about a lot of positions. We've talked, you know, about these prospects a lot. But I kind of want to – I want to have a fight episode. where We're obviously not going to fight, but um, what's, what's some guys – that you like more than maybe the big, you know, the big name media, or even just consensus guys who you like them more than most people do, or maybe guys you don't like as much as some of these guys. So I kind of want to go back and forth and just talk about some of these guys and talk about just some guys who we're gonna we're gonna argue about a little bit, whether it's with each other or just with people who like them a lot more than we do. I'll, I'll let you start it off. Who's a guy that you just you're either a lot higher on or not as high on as the uh, mainstream media? I mean. Is it weird to
2: say that I'm higher on Jordan Davis in the mainstream media? Like uh, there's been a lot of discussion lately, obviously Devontae Wyatt, and even, you know, mm-hmm. Travis Jones um, getting a lot of attention as guys that might come off the board. Davis does seem like he's solidified himself or at least come back to being defensive tackle one, but I think it's been a fight to get him there. I don't right. understand it. Like I, I, I don't understand why – a guy that's 341 a guy that moved the way he did on film particularly not just laterally but north south as well why we needed to see him put a 478 on the board to be like oh yeah maybe this guy's pretty good at football when we've got a lot of film to show us that yeah everything they asked him to do at Georgia he was extremely good at doing so maybe that's an easy one so I'll go with a little bit of a, a harder one Roger McCreary I don't understand why I mean maybe it's the fact that you know, my cats have longer arms. But I, I I watched this guy play corner in the SEC for a number of years now. And he does it at an extremely high level. I watched him travel against Jameson Williams. I watched him travel against, you know, John Mechie. I watched him stick with Jamar Chase back in that 2019 season. His first interception as a corner in college came on a throw on a nine route, almost a double move, basically, Connor, against Jamar Chase. I don't understand why he's somebody that's like, slotted into like the third round or at least out of the second round sometimes certainly out of the first round i don't get that at all so where do you have mccurry at i have him as cb5 and i think i think he's a late first round guy
1: all right. this isn't starting off good because we're not going to fight about roger mccurry okay well um, there we go i have him i have him as my Thirtieth overall player in yeah. my okay. CB five. No, sorry, CB six. Do you have Elam over him? What'd you say? Do you have K- or Elam above him? Is that it? They. I just moved Elam ahead of him as okay. CB. I moved him, bumped him up to CB B five. Um, as I was kind of finalizing my my rankings and board and all stuff for the draft guide. Um, but again, like I just bumped Elam up a spot. I mean they were they're pretty much touching because I think I bumped Elam up us two spots and he ended up just ahead of him.
2: All right, well then let's try this. Trayvon Walker. where are you on
1: Trayvon Walker? He is my sixth overall player in my edge three. Sixth overall player, yeah. Okay, I, I need to hear the case for that. I had him at so I know a lot of people moved him up a lot, um, you know, just based off the testing, but he was my 12th overall player before the combine. So I just think with him, I liked his tape a lot, and, and it's a lot of the thing I think of, I think of the same reasons that people. Like you mentioned Jordan Davis. Like, I think people are like, I just wanted to see more. I wanted him to see be more of a pass rusher and make more plays outside of the tackle box. And I'm just like, dude, like, yeah, I, I would have loved to see Trayvon Walker have 12 sacks. But it's just like, that's not the role he was asked to do in that Georgia defense a lot of times. I mean, he was asked to play, you know, inside the tackle, you know, lock out, play the run, Every once in a while, he would be asked to go get the quarterback, but it's just like they had so many other options and they played such sign-assignment football that he wasn't asked to just pin his ears back and go get the quarterback a lot. But when you see him test the way he did, when you see the frame, you see all that, there's a little bit of projection there, and that's why when he tested the way he did, I projected him. Even higher as a top ten guy, um, but for me, I mean, I thought I had him as a twelfth, twelfth or thirteenth overall guy before the combine. And then he tested the way he does, and I was just like, man, those traits are just too good to pass up. And yeah, I, see, and I, I, think he, I, I don't think he has the like high bus factor because I think at worst he's gonna be five six seven sack year a guy and a dude who's going to play the run at an extremely high level so I think you're just projecting that he's going to turn into that double digit sack guy because I think he's just below that already and then the run defense is high
2: yeah I I can see that I just it's weird because I had somebody suggest this to me and I think it makes a ton of sense that like Walker is kind of the edge equivalent of Biden's Malik Willis you know, because it's like, look, you're buying in on upside and traits and athleticism. And it's one thing to do it in this QB class. It's another thing to do it in this edge class. When if you so you've got them at three, who are your edges one and two
1: Hutchinson and Thibodeau.
2: OK, so then you're passing on Johnson, you're passing on calfitis you're passing on some of the ed- other edges in this class, which, you know, I can I can understand a case for that. But it's not like a quarterback with Willis where it's like, yeah, you've got you know, guys that there's also some projection with, with Walker, it's the bulk of its projection and you're passing on guys that have actually really done it at a pretty high
1: level. Like, I just, I can't get there with Walker. And I guess, I guess my next guy that I'll say, and it's not that I don't like him, but my next guy would be Jermaine. My fight guy would be Jermaine Johnson. Like I like him. He's my 21st ranked overall player. So he's my last first round grade. My last true first round grade, I have a couple one twos. But for me, it's just with Johnson, it's you see it's a lot of the same things we talked about with Walker, except I just have I I don't like it's not that I have Walker's tape that much more in regard than Johnson's, but you only saw it the one year with Johnson. Obviously, he had to transfer out of Georgia, which I'm not gonna crush him for that. Right. Um, because it's you know, that defense is just disgusting. But Um, For me, I just I think I wish I saw Johnson play like he plays with the explosiveness, but I just don't think he plays with the the fluidity and bend consistently to win is like I think their pass rush ability is very similar. But I see more of the traits show up on Walker's tape in the role that he was asked to play more than you see with Johnson, where he was playing outside the tackle box a lot and able to just pin his ears back.
2: I think with with these two guys, the Walker Johnson comparison kind of sets up well for your point of view, which is both these guys can be that like five, six, seven sack type guy. Right. But for Johnson, that's more, that's probably closer to his ceiling. Right. With Walker, there's at least like the right, right. yeah. You look at his explosiveness, you look at the way he tests. His ceiling's a lot better, like his ceiling's probably a like 15, 16, 17 year sack a year kind of guy. Right. Maybe you can't get him there. And if you can't, he gives you what Johnson does, but you're looking at Johnson and you're not seeing a guy that's going to give you 15, 16, 17. You could be pretty sure about the five-six, but right you don't know if he's ever gonna get there. So I think that's a fair sort of case to make.
1: Um, yeah, and again, like I like I, I don't know what it I've I've become more we Talk about like the preferences and all that, you know, a lot of yeah. times when we're grading these guys, and I've just become more like I love the traits we've talked about. It, that I'm, I'm talking on both sides of my mouth a little bit because I love the boy maffes I love those type of guys too who are still trying to put it together. The David Ajabos, those type of guys who are still trying to put it all together, but they have the athletic, explosive traits that you look for. But I've become more like George Karloftis. I love George Karloftis and some guys don't view him as a first round player because he doesn't, right. you know, they didn't, they don't see that athleticism that he, he tested like a great athlete, but they don't see it enough on tape. Um, so I, I've become to like those, those guys who just play the steady as you go against the run. They're really good against the run. And it might be because, I've watched DeMarcus Lawrence for so long where he did, <laughs> right. you know, he's just such a disruptor against the run. And he has, he's not this freak athlete, but he plays with some explosiveness and burst against, you know, when he rushes a passer. So I see that, like, I just a- appreciate his game. So I, I appreciate the-, the Trayvon Walker that where it's just like, he's not going to be a liability against the run. He's going to be a immediate impact against the run. And then he has the trick to develop that pass rush. So, that might be why I jumped – you know, he he jumped some of those guys that, that – I still like Karloff as he's right behind him, but jumped some of the Jermaine Johnsons and guys like that at the, the middle back end of the first for me.
2: Who's another player for you that you're either higher or lower on? Trevor Pinning. Yeah.
1: I – I mean, I'm not saying I don't see it with him at all, but, I mean, he's my 47th ranked player. And I just – I mean, you watch the tape at Northern Iowa, and it's good, but it's not great. You see him at the Senior Bowl, and I mean, he I, I think you watch a Senior Bowl tape, and you come away with more questions than you have answers. And I think when you project the small school physical and athletic guy, but the tape wasn't dominant at a small school, he went to the Senior Bowl and a lot of his issues on tape Got to be bigger issues against better competition. I go, why are we talking about this guy in the top 10, 15? Like, I just, I don't like people are like, oh, if Trevor Penning was there at 24, we throw a party. And I'm just like, I'd still be kind of bummed out at that point.
2: <laughs> Do you feel like Pennon's draft stock is in some way sort of a, a media creation? Cause it's like he was nasty. He played till the whistle. There's videos of him like almost starting fights. I remember that clip from the senior bowl where he like, Rag tossed a pass rusher, and it's like, yeah, he threw him into the back of Bailey Zach's yeah, legs he, he, and almost he got lost, his quarterback. He like yeah. lost
1: the rep too, you know. Yeah, like I mean,
2: and then you know, he's at the combine, and it's like, yeah, I'm physical, I'm nasty, I'm mean. And it was like, Oh, yeah, this is great. It's like, but then you see what he did on film. Right. Like, I'm kind of there with you. I've got
1: more questions and answers about well, him. Like we we said that I remember saying that with you on the show. I think, yeah. I can't remember if we did the when it was when we did our mock draft a couple months ago or whatever it was, but we were like, dude, if, if, if every big, you know, if every big frame, small school guy wants to get drafted in the first round, they just need to go to the senior bowl and start a bunch of fights. Cause that seems that's literally what kind of seems like happened there. Like he was, he was a second, you know, possibly late second, third round guy. And then he went to the senior bowl and, you know, laid on top of dudes after the whistle, and now it's like top fifteen. And I'm just, like, I mean, I get it. Like he tested really well. He's got the frame. He's got the length. But length doesn't matter if you fire high out of your stance, and guys are just absolutely getting into your chest seventy five percent of the time. Which is my biggest issue with him is he just exposes his chest. He fires high. He doesn't play with great great knee bend. I think he doesn't play with the fluidity and athleticism that he tested like consistently. So when you struggle to kind of reach that outside shoulder, um, you don't play with great knee bend. You're bending at the waist a lot. That's just that screams a ton of red flags. And a guy that I would feel comfortable taking as a projection, you know, at 50, 50, you know, 50 to 60, maybe right inside the top 50. But I still think that that is a project player that you're really hoping figures it out. Cause right away I don't think he's gonna help you much. Yeah. And it's weird because like I love that NFL
2: mock draft database.com site because it's it's so great to see like when narratives change on players. Right. And like prior to the senior bowl, like their whole like graph of you know, where their sort of average draft position is, it only goes back you know, it does go back to January. And so he was like fringe first round. Right. And then like the senior bowl hits and he starts to, you see a little bit of bump inside the top 25 around the senior bowl. And then you see him tested the combine at the start of March. And now he's inside the top 25. I mean, in the top 20, like right. he's like his average draft position is like 17 to the chargers, which I don't get, like he's they a guy either. that before the senior bowl was like barely inside the first round the most common spot for him was like 31 to Cincinnati.
1: Right. And now, and now he's going ahead of Charles Cross, which I just think is a wrestling. Which I don't get at all. Right. A a guy (laughs) that did
2: it at Mississippi state. I don't get that,
1: but I don't, I don't don't either. I don't either, man. Like I said, that's probably my biggest one in this class where I'm just like you draft him in the first round. If you want to, I'd take him at, you know, middle to back into the second round and, you know, be like, okay, cool. We got a guy who's got the traits, but we got to teach him how to play left tackle. You know, yeah. I just don't think he's, I think he's too tall and he, you know, fires too high of his stance right now and doesn't play with that lower body flexibility to play at guard, because I think, you know, that might be where the the mentality and the physique plays best, but I just, his issues at tackle, I think would get even more exposed at guard. So where are you on Jelani Woods? He is my 89th overall player. Wow. And what about
2: like tight end? Like tight end. One, two, three.
1: He is my. Hold on one second. As I'm sorting through all my stuff. He is my. He is my 89th overall player and my tight end six. I have Dolchich, Otten, Likely, Ruckert, and McBride ahead of him. Well,
2: pretty, I I'm pretty similar with you. He's my tight end eight. The only other tight end I
1: think I'm much higher on is is Charlie Kolar. From he's my hundred hundred and third overall player who so just missed my top one hundred. I love. I mean, I, I really like him. Um, yeah, he's I, I my just, tight end just, six. Yeah, he's he's tight end eight for me. Tight, tight end seven, excuse me, right behind Jelani Woods and. I mean, I just finished writing up his report uh, for the guide. And the only issues I have with him is I just wish he was more physical as a blocker. I wish he used his yeah. frame better as a blocker, but I mean, as a six foot six, 260 pound receiver, you look at him and you go, Oh, that guy's going to be a great blocker and going to struggle as a receiver, but you can pretty much flip that narrative for, for Colar and, you're you're i mean again i would i'd be really happy with him anywhere you know if you can get him early on day three i'd be i'd be thrilled with that
2: yeah i mean absolutely the same way i mean the effort's always there as a blocker like yeah you know sometimes the the physicality right. isn't there the leverage isn't there you'd like to see a little bit better i like the way that like you know he's always looking for work like, right. i found a couple of plays of his where it's like all right well my initial responsibility is blocked up. I'm going to find some work. I'm going to climb to the second level. I'll fan out and find somebody on the boundaries. I love his catch radius. You know, his management team is doing a lot in the past couple of days of like, you're all sleeping on him. You're all
1: sleeping on him. I don't know. Maybe we're part of the people that aren't. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like I said, I like him. I just, I don't, again, he tested like the best, you know, his, our relative athletic score was the best ever at the tight end position. Just don't see that on tape. Uh, I mean, he's athletic. Don't get me wrong, especially for six foot seven, 260 pound dude. But I mean, I just don't think you see a guy that, that, I mean, he's, he's, he's lumbering athletic, if that makes sense. Like he needs the, the runway he needs, you know, he's a tough guy to tackle after the catch. I get that there's things to like, but, I mean, there's people who have him as tight end one now, and I'm just rolling my eyes at that. I'm like, there's no, – I mean, there's nothing about his game. out of, he's, he's, he's pretty – you're banking on one year of production and yeah. what he did in a combine to say that he's better than guys like McBride and Dulcich and – I mean, he, like I said, like I, I finished writing the reports. My Kohler report reads better than my Jelani Woods report, but it's just the traits – Projection part yeah. of it, where you go, okay, what could this guy be with with more experience and coaching and all that? Yeah, I mean, certainly the
2: athleticism is there, but it's you know, like you said, it's lumbering. Like, yeah, he's breaking tackles, he's getting your yards after the catch, but it's like guys are kind of bouncing off of him, and that might happen on Saturdays, but I don't know if it's going to happen on Sundays to the extent that it is. And I think you know, sort of similar to the Trayvon Walker, then. You're asking for a lot of projection from somebody. And, you know, tight end's are notoriously hard position for guys to translate from college to the pro game anyway. Now you're asking for projection on top of that. It seems like a lot. Where are you at on Josh Paschal?
1: <sighs> Man, I, I'm not high on him at all. I mean. Okay. That might be a fight one for us because I love him. Really? Well, what is it I that mean- you love about him? I just I, I think he's like the discount version of what we are kind of saying with Trayvon Walker to a certain extent. Obviously, not the athlete, but just like force player against the run. Um, I think he has some signs of burst and explosiveness uh, as a pass rusher. I like what he can do. Um, is an interior rusher you know where he he with inside moves off the edge and I think you can reduce him down inside on third downs and I think he could do a lot of good things Um, I just love the effort he plays with I mean he's not the longest dude and I think that's kind of he's not the longest quickest dude but I mean I think he plays with some explosiveness I think he's really good against the run has some power in his hands so I mean I, I mean he's my 74th overall player so it's not like I have him in the you know top 50 or anything like that but I just think is a guy that you could get, you know, third round. Um I think he's got some some starting caliber traits and can be a really good run defender that that has some pass rush ability and explosiveness to to kind of unlock with him.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because over at uh, Touchdown Wire Doug Ferrar has him as our edge 5. Wow. Like he's and you know, Doug's, you know, edge rankings are a little bit differently. I'll sort of just spit through it quickly cuz he's got he's got Jermaine Johnson at 1. So it kind of goes from there. But then he's got Thibodeau at two, Hutchinson at three, and he's got Trayvon at four, and then he's got Pascal five, which, you know, he's closer, obviously, to you than me. I mean, you know, I, I see, you know, the hand technique stuff like that, that I think he needs to clean up. You know, I think if you're better, you know, as you pointed out, maybe he's not the athlete, the walker is, then you might need a little bit more technique and that's a bit of a projection. Now, maybe he sort of learns that, but like, I don't know. I mean, his versatility is nice, but I just can't get there, especially where Doug has him with five. Like
1: that's one where I'm like, wow, man. Okay. Yeah. Like my summary on his report reads, if you're looking for a dominant double, double digits pass rusher, look elsewhere. But if you're looking for a really strong football player, Josh Paschal is a guy for you. Paschal has some limitations with his flexibility, quickness, and length as a rusher, but he's one of the better run defending edges in this draft class. due to his relentless play style, power, leverage he plays with. Um, And then I, you know, like, and his cons, like you just said, like he kind of just solely relies on that outside inside swim and then the rip move. So like you need, he needs to develop that area of his game. But I mean, you know, he, he jumped almost 35 inches. He had really explosive jumps. So I think he's got, you know, 30 inch bench press. So he, plays with power and he's got some explosive movements to him. Um, you know, again, a guy that, like I said, it's not like he's a top 50 guy for me, but which it's kind of crazy to hear that somebody has him in the top five, but I guess yeah. some people, some people love him more than I do. Yeah, <laughs> man. I mean, you're not, you're not on an Island there, Connor. <laughs> who, you got anybody uh, who else you got? That's just. Support
0: for this show comes from Sylvan learning as a parent and get your child's assessment for only twenty nine dollars. That's s y l v a n twenty nine dot com.
1: Who's somebody that you like more than the consensus? Because we've talked about some guys that we don't like. Skylar Thompson. Oh, oh, well,
2: quarterback. Like, he's my like state, QB right? S- yeah, he's my QB seven,
1: and. Which interesting! I think is, we can interview him. I think he's on one of our list of guys that really? we should be able to talk to. So I'll, I'll reach I, out. Might, might be helpful for that one. Um, yeah. I mean,
2: look, you get past like say the consensus top six, and they're all pretty much dark throws anyway. Right. Like, you know, if you want to make a case for Bailey Zappi because of his production and you know the amount of reps that he had, if you want to make a case for Caleb Ellaby, like you know wherever you want to go with it after sort of say that top six, like fine, but. You know, I, I've watched Skylar Thompson and I'm like, man, if, if he was able to get more reps, if he was able to like play more, there might be a case where he's legitimately QB one. Um, you know, my buddy, Matt Waldman, he has a QB one. Um, I've talked to some other people that like, don't have a really? skin, any skin in the game. They just sort of do evaluation stuff. You know, they're college teams or outside leagues. And they're like, yeah, if I could get more exposures to Skylar Thompson, he'd be QB one. I can't go quite there. But he had some throws, Connor. That I'm like, man, like he had a throw. I know LSU didn't have any of their players in that ball game, but he threw an over route along the left sideline, dropped in the middle of like three defenders and the sideline itself. One of the better throws I've seen any of these quarterbacks making this entire draft class. And so this is the this is the like quintessential. All right, you're going to take Malik Willis at six or Skylar Thompson at 147. Like, which one is actually better? Right. And I think it's an easy one in a way because yeah. imagine what you could get with those other picks. So I, I really like him. I think he's extremely talented. I think he's athletic. I think he moves well in the pocket. I'm very excited to see, I guess, if he gets drafted and if so, where, but
1: yeah, Skylar Thompson for me. My guy for that, who do I like more than a lot of the folks that do this would be Terrell Bernard, the Baylor linebacker. He made my top 100. Um, wow! And again, like he's undersized. You're, you know, you're you're gonna have to kind of keep him clean. But dude, like that guy, like I'm sitting there trying to watch. You know, your Jalen Petries of the world, and I love Jalen Petrie too. Yeah. He might, he might, he might be the the other guy that I would listen to. There's two Baylor guys, but I mean, I just think Bernard's a guy that he fits for what you're trying to do in 2022 for a linebacker. Like he can cover. Um, I mean, he has reps where he covers like slot receivers all the way across the field and kind of stays on their back hip and had some pass deflections on that. So I think you got a guy who can cover. Um, I mean, again, if he he's going to have to keep himself clean, you know, if, if he gets drafted to play behind, a, you know, Jordan Davis or something yeah. like that, I just think you could unlock a lot of really impressive things there because he's explosive. He's fast. He's had some injuries and all that. But I mean, I think that if he stays healthy, I think he's got a you know, potential to really outplay his draft stock, which I know I'm higher on him than a lot of people, but he might go in the fifth round. And I think he could play like a, you know, top 100 guy for sure. Speaking of linebackers, where are you on Christian Harris? Ooh, I'm high on him for sure. Um, he is 30, 29. Wow. Okay. 29. So
2: he's, I'm guessing he's LB3 for you too then? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yep. Okay. He is yeah, my I, linebacker uh, three, right behind Devin Lloyd, because Nicobe Dean is and has always been LB one. He's right in front of Quay Walker for me, He's right okay, behind Devin so Lloyd. So Walker's right your LB four. Yep.
2: Okay, because I got Muma and LB four,
1: then Walker at five. So we're but we're different at one and two though. Right. You got Lloyd got one. Lloyd. Yeah. You, you let me down because I remember the first show we did, you were on the N'Kobe Dean train. You let me down. I was. I was. But then I, I, I
2: went back and I watched Lloyd. And I know that Emery Hunt, size is not a skill. But he's so long, man. Oh, he's good. Like, I mean, I, I, I do like Devin Lloyd. I just. They're different just, players. Right. It almost seems unfair to put them in, like, the same position group. Because, right. like, Lloyd is like. You know, he's like edge slash linebacker. i ready to say that.
1: <laughs> like o- overhand slash linebacker, right? Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I just, I, I think, I think, like you said, you could almost lump Lloyd in an edge category, even though he's not going to be yeah. a consistent pass rusher. But he just plays the position different than Nicobe Dean does. But yeah, I mean, you know, Lloyd wins with length,
2: and you know some pass rushing skills off the edge dean it's like speed it's like full-on pedal you know pedal little floor speed and you know this idea that i've seen floating around that like he's not running because he's slow or whatever right like i just that's still to me in a draft season that has been filled connor with some crazy takes that's the one that i just i can't a, get my mind around that one i can't been a around year. a year like 22 miles per hour on his pick six against Florida being slow. Like, no. It's
1: it's been a rough year for the draft takes, man. I literally tweeted that out today, which we're recording this on Thursday, but I was just like, wow, the draft takes this year have been rough.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it it, it gets crazier and crazier every year. And, you know, as you said, we're recording this on, on the 14th. We are literally two weeks from the draft. Two weeks plus two days gets us into the 2023 draft cycle. And that Saturday night, we're going to start seeing some C.J. Stroud is actually not a good quarterback takes. And I'm going to
1: need to take some time away from Twitter. Oh, yeah. All right, let me ask you. We've talked about some edge rushers, but a big topic of conversation has been Arnold Ebiketti out of Penn State and Nick Benito out of Oklahoma. Where are you at on those guys? Um, I like Benito. Um, I'm a little higher on him. Um, I, I
2: think they're both good players that – you know, I'd be happy to see like New England add one of those guys on day two. Yeah. Uh, but I'm higher on Benito. I just think, you know, sort of the body of work that he's put together. Um, he's undersized a little bit, but he can sort of align. They've kicked him inside a little bit. They've used him off the ball of Brazil a lot. I think that there's a very good NFL player inside. So he's the guy that I would lean towards. But I think they're both good players that I think teams would be happy to get on round two
1: or maybe, you know, round three. Yeah, I mean, my that, and I guess that's like, I like Ebb but he's like a consensus first rounder now. And I just, I can't, yeah, I don't see that. I can't get there with that. I mean, Ebb my edge eight, Nick Benito's my edge 10, but they're, they're about 12, they're separated by like 12 picks. Yeah. I got, I got, I'm really high on Sam Williams too out of Ole Miss. Again, he's a guy that you're just, you're, you see the traits, you see the testing. Um, you know 12, 12 and a half sacks in 2021 there's off the field and there's some effort questions there but if you get that guy to you get that guy to play football i think you got a guy who's you know got the the high ceiling that a lot of those first round we talked about in the first round where are you on logan hall um so i have struggled with him a lot because okay. yeah. i mean i went back and forth between grading him as an edge and a defensive lineman. I eventually yeah. just put him at defensive line because I think he's going to be a five tech that maybe some four or three teams will say, hey, let's bulk him up and play him at three tech. But I just I, I don't see a guy that. I mean, again, you turn on some of his tape and you're just like, holy crap, this guy's a first rounder. And then you turn on yeah. some of his tape and you're just like, I don't know where he's going to play and where he can win from. And and I just I, I mean, Heath ended up. He ended up at fifty fourth overall for me, um, just outside of the top fifty as a defensive lineman. Um, I, I like him. I mean, again, second round player. I think that that you can add a guy like that, and he'll be a you know good football player for you. But I mean, he's that definition of a tweener for me. Where
2: I don't mind having the tweeners a tweener. are so hard. Like him, Demarvin. Right. Like it's so hard to figure out what you're going to do with these guys because again, it's the projection part. Like there are some plays, like not to switch it to Demarvin, but there are some plays where DeMarvin Leal looks like the best football player on the field. Right. And then there are others where it's like, yeah, he's doing that now, kicked inside, but the guards will be seeing the NFL are going to be much better. Like, yep.
1: And I I, I had DeMarvin Leal as my 49th overall player and Logan Hall as my 54th. So they're five five picks apart. And I had a At times, I was like, both of these guys are top, you know, 30 players. And then it, most of the time I was like, you know, you, you, that's kind of the process as you go, damn, they, they have flashes of being, I could see this guy going on the first round and then they have flashes where you're like maybe day three. And I think that's just, you know, one of one of the tough things with, I don't mind the tweener, you know, we talk about tweeners at corner that, you know, might be yeah. too small to play outside or, you know, might w- whatever, you know, but it's just, those guys were tough for me to just really figure out because the flashes are there. You see, you know, games of them just dominating, but it just wasn't that the consistency was just not there for either one of those two to really break into that top 40 mix for me. Um, what do you think? I th- This is another guy that I feel like I'm higher on than literally everybody, but Nick Cross out of Maryland.
2: I don't think, I think he's getting some good buzz. I mean, for me, you know, watching him. I know that look floated around this week was the double move from Jahan Dotson against him right. where it was just like, Oh man, this guy can't cover. And it's like, look, he's isolated on a double move on a right. fourth down situation. Like that needs some context. I mean, for me, he's like safety six. And I, I, I think that look, you know, Hamilton one hill, brisker scene, betray that him, And I, I'm, I'm fine with drafting him on day two. I'm fine with drafting him in the second
1: round, I think. We're not good at this because he's my safety. We're six. not. We
2: see it the same <laughs> way. That's why most here, – here's one. Matthew Butler from Tennessee. Ooh, Any Matthew I, Butler takes? I, if you tell me you like him, I'm going to be like, all right, now we're going to quit the show because I thought I was like the only person. He's like my IDL six, but I'm like – He's a he's a day late day two player. I
1: think. Oh, I don't. I don't even think he may. Okay, finally, there we go. He's deep, man. I have him as a six round guy. Wow, I really I liked just, him. Yeah, I. I don't. I mean, I think he can be functional, but I just, I, you know, again, it's this this interior defensive tackle class is so weird, man. Like, you got Jordan yeah. Davis, Devontae Wyatt, and then after that then you could literally throw up some names and say, yeah, Flip this guy's three. This a guy's four. coin. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, and there's like good football, like Logan Hall, the Marvin Leal, like there's guys who are good football players, but you're flipping a coin if they work out. You're flipping a coin if they survive in the interior. Yeah. So it's just like, like, I mean, again, it's, it's not that I like them in a, you know, top 100 scenario, but like Otito Ogbonia, I'd yeah. rather bet on his traits. And how new he is to football, developing into a quality interior defense alignment over some of the guys who we, we see kind of get thrown in that that mix as you know, top five, top six interior guys. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I just
2: – I watched Butler and I was just kind of like, wait a second, is anybody talking about this guy? And I was like, no, no, doesn't seem like it. And I guess, you know, there's a reason why. But I saw some plays against Georgia where he's kicked, you know, inside and, you know, he's got – a pretty good array of pass rushing moves. And I'm like, there's something here. So,
1: hey, you know, I, I'll i roll the dice on that. While, while we're talking about the position, where are you at on Perry on Winfrey?
2: Winfrey is my IDL five. Okay, he's three I for like me. Him. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I like him a lot too. And it's just so, it's tough to project those Oklahoma defense alignment too. Yeah. Because... They play such a slanted front. They're not, no. they're, you know, they, they don't get put in positions to always succeed to make NFL production really shine for them. I mean, we went, through, I went through that with Neville Gallimore a couple of years ago, where I kind of view those guys in similar roles where it's like right. similar body types to a certain extent. You know, you, you wanted to see more, you see flashes. And then Neville Gallimore's turned into a, a pretty quality play, player for the Cowboys. So I kind of see those guys and in a like,
2: sack against Iowa State where he chased that down from the backside and just
1: obliterated the QB. Travis Jones. You like Travis Jones? I like him, but I don't, he's
2: a hard eval because so many of their games, they were down 30 nothing midway through the third quarter. And it's like, all right. Yeah. Like you see a lot of run stop reps. Like I'd love to see him, you know, with some good pass rushing opportunities. I think he's a good player. I, I don't know if I'd go first round, yeah. not like a defensive tackle when there's questions like and you're seeing a lot of people right now say, yeah, he's a lock in the first round. There's no way he gets out of the first round. There's no way he gets past Green Bay at 28. I'm just like,
1: really? Because Devontae might might be on the board at 28. Like, Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's my DL six. So, again, like him. Like you said, I will I will give him credit because I think he's done exactly what he needed to do this offseason where oh, yeah. you have, you like, like you said, like watching the tape, you're like, yeah, he's really, you know, he's a big space eating, defends the run well, you can see some juice, but then he goes to the senior bowl and he wins on pass rush reps and then he tests really well and it's like, okay, now I can project that he can do that against the pass too, even though he didn't get a lot of opportunities to do it in college, so I think yeah. he's done a really good job of kind of, you know, stepping up. And we, we see guys all the time that we want to see them do what he did, where they go. You know, Trevor Penning, I think, is a perfect example where he he's yeah. the combine, but he goes to the senior bowl and gives me even more questions than I kind of already had, where he goes to the senior bowl, takes that step up in competition, plays really well, shows some pass rush juice. And I just, you know, a lot of his questions I kind of turned into answers. Based And on I that feel week. like, Connor...
2: Old school NFL coaches are gonna be like, yeah, this guy could have transferred, but he didn't. He stayed, like he honored his commitment. I think like some NFL coaches or general manager like, yeah, we love that about him. So that might work in his favor too. You got anything else
1: hot before we get out of here? I mean, we have covered quite a bit. I mean, I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm like not not off. that this not that this is super hot, but where are you at? Are you do you have it, Neil? Then Iquano or Iquano then Neil. Neil first I do too he's my number one yeah. overall player yeah and if we get if
2: we're here in two weeks and Jacksonville drafted him with the first overall pick I'll be like that makes sense to me I, I mean just, it's such a weird draft because it's like you could see it going and okay let me ask you this let's do this what pick at one overall would shock you the most Thibodeau. other than a
1: quarterback because
2: I mean I'm yeah
1: they're not gonna do that Thibodeau really yeah, and, and not because I don't think he like warrants it, but just because Jacksonville looking for like culture builders, you know, and and not I I I still don't understand the Thibodeau like not. I mean, I think that it's obviously not nothing because we hear it from people who are talking to teams, and I don't know why that would be a, a false thing floating around, but. I mean, Jacksonville Jacksonville's just looking to kind of reboot that whole thing. And I feel like yeah. Hutchinson, Neal, Iquanu are all high football character dudes. And then you got the football character questions with Thibodeau. And that would just kind of surprise me as a team that's kind of. It's so weird, though, because, you know, well, it seems like, you know, not that you're doing
2: this, obviously. But like, you know, this football character question about Thibodeau. But then right. you have got Hutchinson, who's got a podcast with PFF right now, and it's like, <laughs> I mean, if the knock on Thibodeau is he's trying to build his brand, and Hutch is out there recording episodes with our boy Trevor Sinkama, like, <laughs> like what are we talking about here? I don't get it. Um, you know, and like I said, it's not that like you're doing that because, right, right, right?
1: I mean, I mean, trust me, I, I, I don't really. I mean, he again, he's my, what do I say? He was my one, two, three. He's my fifth overall player for a reason. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I don't, you know, and I I mentioned that in his report. I'm like, you know, hey, he's questions about want to have picked up steam. I'm not saying they're true. I'm not saying I know if they're true. I'm just saying that somebody out there has some, and again, NFL teams are wrong about that stuff all the time, obviously. So it's not like it's make or break, but. um, I think the one that would shock me would be Walker. And we're hearing it more and
2: more. And it's just, it's sort of where we started, right? It's like, yeah, you could bet on that production, that that upside, that projection and all that stuff, the traits, I get it. But you've got guys staring in the face in Hutchinson and Thibodeau that's like, you're going to pass on those guys? Like, if you're telling me that, you know, the Giants draft him at five, like, I get it if he's a third edge off the board. But at one overall, which we're seeing more and more of in recent days, that one would kind of surprise me.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, it, it would for me too. I mean, like I said, he's my sixth overall guy, so I, I still like him a lot, but number one, you can't be taking, you know, a guy outside of your top five at number one. That's how you, I mean, that's how you end up with. That's Cleveland how you end up here next year. Yeah. That's how you end up with Cleveland Farrell. I mean, that's Yeah. Pra- it wasn't one, but it might as well have been a couple of years ago for Oakland. So um, I don't think I have anything else. that's just super, super um argumentative right now. I mean we didn't fight as much as I was hoping to. We we saw these we guys. To, we need to game plan this for next time. We need to
2: we need to game plan this better. because You and I see the game the same way and that's why this is a good show but at the same
1: time you got to fight more. Yeah, we, who fight- we, we fought we fought about Matthew Butler which is yeah. I mean that's just- we're, we're getting kind of really deep slot. into the weeds at that point.
2: We thought about Matthew Butler, a guy that honestly might not get drafted. So there you go. All
1: right. I'm going to close it out with this just because it's been a hot topic around Cowboys world and all that. But Jalen Weidermeyer, where are you at on Jalen Weidermeyer? He's shot at 9
2: for me, and I struggle to put him that high. I mean, well, I we got to like
1: We got to fight about something before the show ends. I'm trying to say, I'm like looking at my board, like, what do I have? There's just no way that he, I mean, he is my 190th overall prospect and I just brutal. It it was, and he's such, he was a guy that was like, oh yeah,
2: he's a first round pick. Like I had him in the first round of a way too early mock from May of last year. I was like, yeah, this guy's he's tied at one. Like the testing was certainly concerning, I think a lot of it is the rise of other guys. like And I even did a video at his game against Alabama where he's like one-on-one against Will Anderson, and he's handling it fairly well and some run concepts, and I'm like trying to make the case in my mind to bump him up, and I just, I just couldn't.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, if, if he would have tested just a little bit better –
2: If you would have tested like an average NFL tight end, I would have been like, okay, he's like tight
1: end four, fine. Right. Like, I, I, yeah, like I didn't even love him pre combine, pre, you know, like early in the season, I watched him because people were like, oh, this could be the Cowboys pick at 24. And I was like, really? You know, I watched him just raw, just games, you know, games and stuff during the year and then started turning on the tape. And I was just like, I mean, I might consider him at 129. You know, that's kind of where yeah where I ended up hit on his tape is I was like, he might be a 129. It, it You know, I wouldn't throw a fit at 88, but if we're talking about 24 or we're, we're talking about two totally different players here.
2: Absolutely. Like, I don't get it at all.
1: All right, give me one more. I tried to get you a Weitermeyer. Get me with something we can fight about before we, we hang up. <laughs> all right. Uh, where
2: are you on David
1: Bell? He is my that was I almost went there because he's kind okay. of controversial. He's my 112th overall player with a fourth round grade. Okay, see we're basically in the same spot there. Come on. Justin Ross.
2: Justin. Okay, there we go. Because he didn't make my top 16 receivers. Like he's wide receiver 17. I've got Bell he's, hired. He,
1: he's my wide receiver 16. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Jesus Christ. I mean,
2: who's your wide receiver one? Garrett Wilson. All right. See, we got a little bit of a difference there because I've got Drake. London, London right? Williams
1: Olave Wilson. That would have that probably would have been. I know we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I know you had London at one. He's my wide yeah. receiver five. I still like yeah. him. You know, they're he's 24th overall player for me. Yeah. Um, so it's not like that's super fighting, but <laughs> I can't believe I mean we talked about. Fifteen different day three prospects today, and we had them yeah. within like three position rankings every single time. <laughs> we got to think harder for next time, buddy. Yeah. Well, we got two more, two more weeks, four more yep. shows. Um, I, th- I hope we'll talk to a few more guys. I think we're supposed to talk to SMU receiver Danny Gray uh, next week. Excited to talk to him. I like him a lot. I don't know where you at on Danny Gray. Let's close it out with this. Where you at on Danny Gray? Wide receiver 23. Okay. So I like him more than you. Yeah. I I mean, not, not, not fight worthy, but he's a, he's a guy that I, I think can be, you know, again, you're, you're, you're betting on the traits with him, but yeah. Um, he is my, we'll close it out here. He is my wide receiver 18. So still not, still not crazy different, but, little bit like him a little bit more, but uh yeah, we'll be, I think he'll be on the show next week. Um, but yeah, we're going to start narrowing this thing down, talking about some, some scenarios we can see playing out. We'll probably try to do another mock draft at some point. We no. haven't really done one of those in a couple months now. So kind of look at it and see uh, where these guys are going to end up and who they'll be playing with. Cause we got two more weeks and it'll be here. So we uh, appreciate you guys, please. I know I don't say this enough. I should, but please make sure you subscribe to the channel on Spotify apple podcast blogging the boys just hit subscribe give us a rating and a review we appreciate that uh follow all the other shows on the network we always appreciate that uh, mark it's a lot of fun we'll be back next week and talk some more nfl draft this is talk the draft we'll see you guys next week
0: strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk get $1,000 off vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox that's v-a-n-t-a.com slash vox for $1,000 off vanta more to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals